Hi everybody, I'm Peter Travers and welcome to Popcorn where we tell you what is popping in the culture. And for me, there is only one show and it's Outlander. And that show has kept me waiting. I mean, they call it the Outlander drought. I don't know what these guys were doing for, like to me it was 11 years. But it's back now, season three, and Katrina Balfe is my guest today, of course, is Claire. And I'm sure you have a million questions. So, Katrina. Hello. Welcome. Thank welcome. you for having me. I have to say that Katrina throws so many people because all you Irish people <laughs> throw in an extra vowel we, we whenever love our you vowels. can. I know. <laughs> My mom was obsessed with too many vowels. <laughs> yeah. Just tossed in there. Well, you're lucky because I took the accent off. Normally, there's an accent in there as well, but it was just confusing people even more. So. Oh, it's awful when we're re reviewing something and we have <laughs> yeah. the accent. What key do I hit for that? Yeah, I'm sorry. exactly. I just want to talk about it and do it. <laughs> now, I know you're going to tell me nothing, you know? <laughs> about what really happens, but we'll pretend. But when we left off in season two. Yeah, big cliffhanger. You went through this. Yeah, you had gone through the stones. You have a grown-up daughter. Mm. Everything is happening. And I'm, here I am speaking this and saying it's like some kind of brigadoon that <laughs> then becomes <laughs> this love story filled with violence, filled with gore. And yet what you're doing in it is so beautiful because oh, you're so you. gifted. At Thank doing, you. Uh, that we care about this relationship, that you and Jamie, uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the great love story at the heart of this yeah. show. Um, you know, Diana Gabaldon wrote this beautiful relationship, and you know, this season it is very different when we go back in the beginning because we, my story at least, starts pretty much where we left off, episode one of season two. Mm -hmm. So we pick up with Claire and Frank, which is the other relationship in the tri love triangle, I guess. Um, we pick up with them in Boston, and we see them. Claire's just come back through the stones. She's pregnant with Jamie's child. You see what you're saying now? I know. Now, I, what? <laughs> I want them to stop We're going to have there. a diagram. <clears throat> well, suppose somebody's watching, and they said, oh, I like something about Katrina. I really am going to watch the show. And they'll think that both of us are babbling more. <laughs> yeah. What? You might not be wrong oh. with me. <laughs> what are we really talking about? So I'm going to put you on the spot and just in, it's more than the size of a tweet, but okay. how can you set up who Claire Randall Very Frazier difficult. is? Yeah. Um, so Claire was a, a combat nurse in the 1940s and at the end of World War II, herself and her husband Frank went to Scotland to rekindle their romance. Mm -hmm. That's the place to go. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> she came upon a, a circle of standing stones and she got transported 200 years back in time where she met this group of Highlanders and she, her life was in peril so she was forced to marry one of them. Jamie Fraser, who she falls madly, deeply in love with. And it's the great big love story at the <laughs> heart of this. But Claire, being from the future, knows that the Highland culture is about to be decimated by the Redcoats and the British. So her and Jamie go on this battle or this journey to stop Culloden happening and to change the course of history. Doesn't go very well. So then we get to season three. <laughs> That's season one and two. Um, and season three, he has, she's pregnant in, in the 18th century, and he sends her back through the stones to the 20th century to save the life of their child. So, sure, their baby is born 200 years later. 
Yeah, yeah. it's a 200-year-old <laughs> baby when she's born. It's the curious case of Brianna Fraser. <laughs> I don't know. I just think if this little moment should be put into a time capsule <laughs> for people to say, what is happening? Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a crazy premise, <laughs> but I, I do think... You know, within that, we have these beautiful relationships that do feel very real. And, um, you know, the, the Jamie and Claire love story is the aspirational one. Um, the Frank and Claire this season is really the, the kind of very real. It feels very timely. It's the two people who... What do you mean? A well, really bad relationship? Kind of. <laughs> yeah. It feels like it, it, it fits very well in that 50s, 60s time period. Mm -hmm. You have... You know, two people who are, are, they're good people, but they miss each other. They can't give each other what they need or want. And, um, you know, it's quite tragic. Sometimes I feel very sorry for Tobias Menzies for what I mean. he has to play. Even when he gets to be the husband back in the 40s and 50s and not the horrendous. Black Jack Randall. Black Jack Randall that I he's mean, doing. Raping everyone in sight. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he's just... He, he has it's, a penchant for that. So he's, he really he's a little does. bit of a sadist. Um, but Tobias is an incredibly talented actor. Is he I mean, a fun guy? He's so lovely. And he is, actually. He's quite goofy. You wouldn't think so. No, but, you wouldn't. Um, he and I have a good laugh when we work together. But he, he gives such heart to Frank. I mean, I think in the book series, Frank is a little bit less of a um, sympathetic character. But in, in, the, in the show, you know, Tobias really gives him this lovely gentleness and his heart so you root for Frank as well and in fairness his wife went off fell in love with somebody else in the past and came back pregnant so he's he's a good guy he takes her back in um, he does it's kind of a really strange excuse I went <laughs> yeah. through the stones it wasn't my fault was it was 200 years ago in 1747 <laughs> is it cheating <laughs> if you're not even born I yet I think it's not I think it's <laughs> yeah. the minute we actually invent time travel you know what, I know. What? I mean, we're, it's going to be very complicated divorce proceedings once that happens, right? Well, it's all because those of us that love this show, we basically fall in love with what you and Sam are doing. I don't mean that it's only the sex, although that's pretty amazing. Did you know <laughs> him before that? No, no. We, we, we met uh, the first time at our chemistry read. There's a feeling that comes across off camera when you're just talking to each other. Well, we like each other's you company. Could see, you can just say anything to that person. <laughs> oh, yes. You're a pain in the ass. <laughs> Get out of my way. What's the most annoying thing about Sam? Does he have something that irritates Very you? Very little. There must um, be something. That I, he's, no, he's annoyingly, like, perfect. Like, he is annoyingly, like, a nice person. That's probably one of the most annoying things. <laughs> it really And is. also, he's got boundless energy. He, like, I, I'm just not, I'm a... Uh, if I have 45 minutes, I'm staying in bed, I'm not going to the gym, and he's like, oh, I was at the gym this morning, I did an hour and a half, and I was like, oh, really? Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, get out of my face. Yeah. There is that scene where Jamie, you know, hits you. Yeah. Do you have input into that? Do you say, what? Um, well, we have the source material, which is the book, and so then, you know what's coming, and then, yeah. We do have a very, I feel very fortunate, we do have a good open dialogue with the writers. Um, you know, I think when you have to approach scenes like that, there's always two perspectives. Obviously, Jamie is from that time, so mm -hmm. you have to look at, well, in his time, that was perfectly acceptable. For me, approaching scenes like that, Claire's opinion of that and where her, her mind is coming from is very similar to where I'm coming from, so it's a little bit easier. You know, Claire thinks that that's absolutely 
you know, abhorrence, and so do I. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, but we do all of the, the tougher scenes, because there's a lot of tough scenes, whether they're the rape scenes or some of the beating or, or things like that. You know, it's that tough line you have to straddle because you don't want to make things sensational just for the sake of it, and you want to do the story justice. Um, but also, you know, to understand Jamie's pain, to understand why he does certain things, you have to see a certain amount. So well, it's that always was, I mean, there tough. was that, that incredible episode. We don't see that on TV where no, male the man, rape is, the very man rare, is raped. Yeah. And he goes through that, the two of them, Tobias and uh, Sam, play that. It's so painful to watch. Mm. But what you do is when you come in there, you have to deal with this man who is ashamed, ashamed yeah. of everything that happened. And you have to kind of bring him back to who he is. That, I've never seen the likes of that played on. on yeah, I mean, show. it is it is very unusual subject matter um, to have on TV. And, you know, in that time, you think, and, it, you know, it still happens today. These are weapons of mm -hmm. war as well. You know, mm -hmm. sexual abuse and sexual violence is, is still used in so many war-torn places. And so, you know, I think you don't want to sensationalize, but we also have to examine that side of society at some point. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we, you know, TV can allow us to do that. But, you know, the it's a testament to their love and the strength of their bond that Claire is able to, you know, just be there for him and accept him and not judge and and that he feels that he can that he can be himself in front of her and, and tell her anything. And so that, that also is, is why their love is so enduring. Some people compare it to Game of Thrones. They call it basically a feminist version of Game of Thrones. But I think there's a whole different affect. In it's very different. Shows. I mean, I don't think our show would have ever been greenlit if Game of Thrones hadn't been so successful. Mm -hmm. And I think that they've opened the door for a lot of genre and fantasy TV, which is amazing. But, you know, we're really a, a much more, um, you know, we follow one storyline, really, whereas Game of Thrones has so many different worlds and it's such a bigger scope. Um, you know, I think, but they definitely set, set the tone, thank you very much. Um, but we do things differently. You know, we, are, we have our own identity and, and I think we, we approach things slightly differently as well. How, Katrina, did this begin for you? I'm, we're all hearing this little accent that is not... <clears throat> Claire's. No, um, I'm Irish. The Irish, I'm hearing yes, they, a little bit of it. <laughs> they have an Irish girl playing an English woman mm -hmm. in Scotland. Um, it's all very complicated. Perfect. They said, we must have her. <laughs> yeah. I was actually, I was living in LA uh, when I got this um, audition. And I, I used to live here in New York, but I, I was in LA for about uh, four years and, you know, doing little jobs here and there. Little jobs? You were a major model. Well, that was before. That was before all that. So yeah. you got yourself out of Ireland really fast. I what left Ireland it? when I was uh, 18. I moved to Paris for uh, two years, and then I moved to oh, New York. Oh, poor baby. I know, it was I'm terrible. I'm sorry I moved to Paris. <laughs> right. yes. um, I was very fortunate. I, I was given a great opportunity. Um, I got scouted, and, and uh, I got offered this chance to go to Paris to model, and I jumped at it. And... I did it for two years there, then I moved to New York, and I was in New York for about seven, eight years. And when I was there, I started taking acting classes again, because originally I was studying theater in college in Dublin. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I had a great opportunity to travel the world, but I, it wasn't what I wanted to do. You know, it was never part of the plan. So eventually I started taking acting classes again, and then I 
quit modeling and I moved to LA, and uh, as you do. Um, but yeah, eventually, I, you know, I'd had some small parts in movies. And well, you were in Devil Wears Prada for 10 seconds? I mean, I think my ankle was in that. Oh, I, I, it's, I, people ask me about that. And I'm like, I did clip. two days on it. <laughs> I walked across, a, a, you know, Meryl Streep was walking that way, and I think I walked that way, right. going, it's Meryl. <laughs> um, but, you know, there was, there was some, you know, I got to speak in a few films. There was also a couple I didn't no, get to good, speak in. No, that's good, but I'm sure so. you took Meryl aside and said, give me some pointers. You know, I did. <laughs> I was like, Meryl, here's my number. Call me <laughs> later. Care. I've just got a few questions. Um, and they said, she's off this movie. <laughs> yeah. right, they were like, no get her more. out of here. I had yeah. a much bigger role, but well, I got fired. No. It, yeah. um, and, uh, and then, you know, I, I, I got this audition and I'd sent in a tape because it was being cast out of London. And I then screen tested with Sam in LA and three, I think five days later I was in Scotland. So two days later they offered me the job. That they wanted chemistry me read was really good. Well, they, they were down to the wire. They were supposed to start filming, uh, I think like the 20th of September and I arrived in Glasgow on the 15th of September, but the costumes weren't made for me So they had to push it by about another week and a half, but it was very fast Do you have a life after shooting this? I mean how much of a year is taken up by you shooting Outlander? Um, it's ten months <laughs> Yeah, Whoa. and then we then we get to come and do this this right and, and then, then you we go start right back, back in three and a half weeks <laughs> So, <laughs> really? It's yeah. already three and a half weeks for season four? Yeah, we start filming um, in about three and a half so weeks. So we know there's a season four. We season know four has been much. picked up, yeah. And are there, are there enough books that will just take oh, us through? Oh, yes. Diana, I think, is almost finished her ninth book. Um, so it's not going to be a George R.R. R. Martin situation. No, she's um, working. She's working. <laughs> I mean, this woman, I, I have so much uh, admiration for her. She, I think she's got about 20-something books she has written. She has three kids that she raised. She has multiple PhDs and masters. Uh, she's just Does a, she visit the set ever? Yeah, she does. Yeah. And she said, that's not my Claire. Well, it's always <laughs> funny when you she have does it. say that, actually. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I, I think I think with everything, you know, her version of Claire exists in the books and I always go back to the books and I, I use that so much. But you have to make it your own and you have to you can only interpret it through your own um, funnel, I guess, you know, no, through you your own experiences. To, you have so. to sort of compartmentalize and say, yeah. I've got to do this, you know, yeah. no matter who's here telling me what I, I need to do. If it doesn't feel honest and truthful to you, it's never going to work on screen, so. But with that schedule, it's very difficult to squeeze in that. Last time I saw you in a movie, it was Money Monster, so they're yeah. directed by uh, Jodie Jody Foster. Foster which You've was got amazing. George Clooney. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Did they all come and give you advice? Um, did they say no off? <laughs> no, <laughs> they were lovely. I mean, Julia was so sweet to me, and I've bumped into her a few times, and Jodie, I mean, Jodie's just... Again, like it, it's you meet women like that and you're just like amazed at how talented and how smart she is. And, and she was really sweet and she's such a lovely woman. And mm -hmm. I, it was an absolute dream to work with her. And we shot in New York City. So that was such a dream yeah. for me. Um, but that was between season one and two. And we had a really long hiatus. So it was easy to fit something in. This time's been quite short. But 
hopefully next time I'll, I'll do something else. Well, there's a lot. What do you see in your future after Outlander's No More, even though I can't bear the idea <laughs> that it, that would happen? Um, you know, I would love, I, you know, I think like everybody, I would love to do a bit of everything. I would love to do some theater. It's been many, many, many years since I've done that. You wouldn't but even have time to go to the theater. <laughs> very rarely. But I, I would also love to go behind the camera. I, at some point, I would love to direct or try my hand at it anyway. And seize control. Seize control. I think that's Hire what it is. Hire Sam and slap him around. <laughs> it's, I'm, right. I'm a slight control freak, so I think at some point I have to, I have to actually see if I can do it better. <laughs> well, this show is the first time you've been on, so you don't know that it ends always in song. Oh, right. So do you have anything <laughs> in Gaelic? Do you have something oh, in that Gaelic. was sung to you as a child? Uh... <laughs> I'm road to Aaron Carrick, I'm walker to McGraw, I'm road to Aaron Carrick, Nervishe on. There you go. That's beautiful. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> it's about a man who fell in love with a mermaid. So he was like, Were you on the rock? Were you on the rock when she was there? Were you on the rock when you saw my love? I love that. There you go. I thought you were going to do Sing Me a Song. <laughs> no. That's Scottish. That's Scottish. That's and very it's not different. Irish. It's not, not Irish. <laughs> well, Irish Katrina, thank you so much for thank being on so the show. Thank you so much, Peter. This is awesome. Thank you. Uh,